you dealt today I was out chopping cotton and my brother was baling hay and at dinner time we stopped and walked back to the house to eat and mama hollered at the back door y'all remember to wipe your feet and then she said I got some news this morning from Choctaw Ridge today Billy Joe McAllister jumped off the Tallahatchie Bridge Papa said to Mama as he passed around the black eyed peas Well Billy Joe never had a lick of sense Pass the biscuits please There's five more acres in the lower 40 I got to plow And Mama said it was a shame about Billy Joe anyhow Like nothing ever comes to no good up on Choctaw Ridge And now Billy Joe McAllister's jumped off the Tallahatchie Bridge and Brother said he recollected when he and Tom and Billy Joe Put a frog down my back at the Carroll County Picture Show Wasn't I talking to him after church last Sunday night? I'll have another piece of apple pie. You know it don't seem right. I saw him at the sawmill yesterday on Choctaw Ridge. And now you tell me Billy Joe's jumped off the Tallahatchie Bridge. said to me, child, what's happened to your appetite? I've been cooking all morning and you haven't touched a single bite. That nice young preacher, Brother Taylor, dropped by today. Said he'd be pleased to have dinner on Sunday. Oh, by the way. He said he saw a girl that looked a lot like you up on Choctaw Ridge And she and Billy Joe was throwing something off the Tallahatchie Bridge A year has come and gone since we heard the news about Billy Joe Brother married Becky Thompson, they bought a store in Tupelo There was a virus going round, Papa caught it and he died last spring. And now Mama doesn't seem to want to do much of anything. And me, I spend a lot of time picking flowers up on Choctaw Ridge and drop them into the muddy water off the Tallahatchie Bridge. Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. 
as you all probably know, my fingers were itching to pod the music down <laughs> and to get on with the show. That but, was the show. Oh, well, that was the intro to the show. No, that's part of the show. Okay. That, that's what I'm saying. You've got a method to the madness, and it wasn't because you weren't in the room or at the mic and we were waiting for you to turn up. It was because you wanted the whole song to no, play. I could have gone in there in the restroom or yeah, it was, it was, fixed a cup of coffee. Yeah, it was... It was hot minute all right so let me and missy clifton's sitting in incidentally she is i want to introduce that, that missy true, true. as always yeah we, take it over our, tom our, Go. our listeners need to be aware of who missy is and who's in the room okay so let's see i'm gonna say that song came out in the summer of 1968 and uh let's see wait a minute when did it come out okay uh 1967 all right that's by bobby gentry she's from mississippi and if you've ever read anything by william faulkner uh, the picture she paints could have very well come right out of a faulkner novel the summer it came out, I was uh, 11, or maybe I, I don't turn 11 until November, so I was 10 at the uh, Camp Daniel Boone, and I knew that after camp was over with, we were going to go down to Corinth, Mississippi to visit my grandmother, and that song, we had a counselor who played the radio all the time. Of course, you had all the Beatles stuff happening. But this song came out in its own haunting way. And the, the thing that was weird was that there were these big palisades on the Kentucky River across the river from the camp. And I used to get the visual of a guy jumping off the palisades down into the river. Uh now, a lot of people that would be my age, which is 65, can remember where they were when that song came out. There's another thing about songs coming out in the summer, because you tend to be, uh, as a child, not in school, and you've got time on your hands. So when a song comes out like All You Need Is Love or this song, you actually ponder it a little bit more. Because I, I know that girls that I knew, they always had a transistor radio going if they were laying out by the pool or, or doing whatever they were doing. They were always listening. And I know that one of my sisters could always repeat the lyrics to every song that was on the radio at any given time. The point is... This song is actually not just a song. It's literature. It's, uh, and, and you know, what we figure out is that that was her boyfriend. We don't know what they were throwing off the bridge. But, so she's crushed. But she understates it. She never says what happened. And that's the beauty of understatement and 
you know, not showing your whole hand. Yeah, it's a little bit of a mystery, isn't it? Total mystery. I, let's see, 67, so that's 55 years that song's been out. I'm 65, and I was 10. And it still has the same effect on me. Maybe even stronger today than it had when it first came out. Now, she also did that song that Reba McIntyre did uh, about the girl in the red dress. Uh, you're going to go downtown. Uh, what, what is, what's it called? Uh, it's not Sandy. It's uh, uh, it's about the girl that leaves the poor shack, um, you know, and goes uh, to basically become a high class call girl. Reba McIntyre did. Son of a preacher? No, it's uh, is it Mandy? It's uh, it's. It's the woman that fixes up her daughter and gets her buy, goes out with her last nickel and buys her this beautiful red dress, and basically she goes and becomes because the mother can't can't pay for her anymore. The mother's broke and she's getting ready to die, and she sends her daughter out to basically uh, be. Uh, let's see. Uh, so no, no, this is your last chance. Da, 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 don't let me down. Uh, what's it called? Baby, baby don't let me down. I, oh God! Tom's, did you guys not you, know any? Well, you songs? know, maybe if you would give a little bit oh. better um, rendition of it. There's morning, <laughs> morning glory. He made a woman out of me. Mississippi Delta, Oklahoma River Bottom Band. Reba. I'll never fall in love. Fancy, fancy. That's by Bobby Gentry. Pull up uh, Fancy. There you pull are. up that song by Bobby it. Gentry. I got it. I got it's it. summer. You know, I mean, Bobby Gentry did that song better than Reba McIntyre. And they all credit it to Reba McIntyre. Turn it up. Is this the Reba version? Does it sound like Reba? Sounds like Reba. Yeah. It sounds like Reba. All right. Turn it up. Mama spent every last penny we had to buy me a dancing dress. Well, Mama washed and combed the girl my hair, and she painted my eyes and lips. Then I stepped into a satin dancing dress I had a split from the side, cleaned up to my heel. It was red velvet trimming, and it fit me good. And standing back from the looking glass, there stood a woman where a half-grown kid had stood. She said, "Here's your one chance, fancy don't let me down." Okay, but re or, uh, Bobby Gentry, that was her song. Reba picked it up and ran with it. It's like Willie Nelson's "When Beneath My Wings" getting done by Betty Midler. Anyway, the point that I'm trying to make here, and I'm not sure there is not a to point. be confused with Bet. I'm not Midler. sure there is a point in this. The point that I'm trying to make is that the summer does funny things. You have higher highs and lower lows at least in my experience. And it is a time of, you know, look what happens in the summer. We have riots. We have cities get burned up. People are, they don't want to be cooped up in their house. They get out and do crazy things. People tend to be more subdued in the winter. Um, so what's going to happen in the political realm? What's going to happen going forward? Who knows? 
I can tell you that we have a varied history in our country, but a lot of stuff that's gone down has happened in the summertime. Now, that is that a summation? I don't know. Missy, help me out here. Well, that's, that's interesting that you say that. But, you know, when people, when when the weather's nice, we, we get out and we enjoy it. We, we want to be outside. We want to be outside of our... Uh, we get out and do stuff. I don't know if we yeah. always enjoy it, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, you, you got me thinking about summer. Sorry, I was I, I kind of was I was going down that well, path. You had some story. Well, you were, we were laughing. I think it involved cigarettes. Well, you were talking about uh, camp and all that, and I did the camp thing. Went down to North Carolina camp. I actually grew up in in Winchester, Kentucky, so you know, just about 20, 20 minutes away from Lexington. And the we funny know, thing we is, know where it is. Yeah, thanks. Uh, the funny thing is, is that you know, I, I was that that generation of kid that um, got on my bike at the crack of dawn and did not come home until till dinner time. To and, get your knees banged up. And, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. You know, and, and the best part was, you know, and I think about this is, and I think we've talked about this before. I don't know about on the show that you know there were no leash laws. You let your dog oh, yeah. out. They you went know, everywhere. Everybody knew who your dogs were, and they, they kind of, you know, say, hey, Missy, I saw your dog, you know, whatever. It's just, it just it makes me laugh. the dogs would travel. Yeah, I mean, they, they'd go packs. blocks away, <laughs> and they'd come back because they knew where they got fed. Dogs, you know, dogs packed up, uh, yeah, kids packed exactly. up. Um, you know, it's it's like uh, it, it was a rolling, uh, you know, a basement for a Kool-Aid stop. If, you know, if, if you weren't, if there wasn't some, you know, that we always had a, we had a corner mart. I don't know if you all did. We had the L8 yeah. Um, oh, you know, the L8 machine, yeah. and everybody was just hoping to have money in their pockets to get an L8. That was the homegrown brew, wasn't it? That was the whole, yes, you bet, you bet, L8. Um, but yeah, that, I, the whole summer thing is uh, is is obviously a, a nice memory, but I was laughing at you because uh, I was making a slight parallel on a conversation of some time ago about how, um, how trusting we are of the medical uh, industry, and I said you and I were talking about how cigarette smoking is a great kind of uh, interesting parallel of that cigarette smoking was pushed and, oh, and they recruited doctors in the thirties to say that it was, it was okay. It was, it was not it was actually just probably short of saying it was a good thing uh, you know, for you that there were, it had People benefits. Said that. It had benefits and it wasn't until you know, you talk about uh, when when the lung cancer correlation was brought about. I mean, twenty years later, right? Then the the whole industry pushed back and pulled back their advertising, but they said there may be a correlation, but we're really not sure about it. So they're you know they tried to you know cast this murky sort of correlation that you know you know don't what worry. that takes me to what's that? What is a woman? Oh, don't. Matt Walsh asking. You think there's any societal, you know, the woman, he says, you think there's any societal pressure for these kids to do all this? And she goes, well, maybe just a little. Just, hold on. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Wait a minute. Well. I, I, I didn't. I didn't mean to change the subject. Well, to, fi- to finish the whole cigarette I'm smoking I've thing is that it, it didn't. It didn't. I don't stop. want to create a monster. But we went from 1930 of, yeah. of doctors saying, "Hey, absolutely, we're on board. This is great. It can help you with a cough, help you with sniffles," to uh, the 50s saying, "Wait, there might be a correlation. We're not quite sure." The 60s, we're really, really not sure. We're studying it, but don't let that stop your habit. Um, to the 70s, then the 80s, and then the 90s. It wasn't until right. 1998. So why is it that it took so long? Yeah, exactly. You know, let me ask you this. Money. Where, where's where's the cure for cancer that's been suppressed? Where is 
Whereas a lot of things, I mean, when will the money get right to flip over? I'll give you an example. I'm not going to name any names. Let's talk about the beer business. So about, I don't know, 15 plus years ago, it appeared that we were going to have two brands of beer, Miller and Budweiser, and that was going to be it. There were these little people trying to start these microbreweries, one of which, first mover, It was our own Bill Ambrose and Lexington Brewing Company. Uh, You know, they sold out to Alltech. But there was this real big effort of the big distributors to quash the little microbreweries. Today, it's an idea whose time has come. And, you know, not only are these people flourishing, but they are owned by some of the bigger people. What does it take, and that would be my question here, what does it take for an idea's time to come? What does it take? I I, I don't know, but... Well, would you agree that that does happen, though? And I'm think you're thinking of ideas in a positive way, and unfortunately, I'm, I'm still kind of stuck on... Um, the fact that, you know, we were just talking about summer and, and how it great and everything, blah, yeah, blah, blah, out. I, I know and, I and all, all I'm thinking about is normal. And th- that was a normal, I felt like a normal kid in, in growing up, you know, doing you my, were. my bicycle and you know why? Because you're do- well adjusted. I mean, and going even across town, we, we had a Dairy Queen that was across town. And I think across town, it was probably two miles, you know, a mile That's and a, a half. That's a long way. Um, going through the neighborhoods. As a child. And we would go to get our Mr. Misty or our dairy, you know, our, our little, our little ice cream cone. It was a big, it was a big deal to go over there. Um, well, let's. But wait, wait a minute. Hold on. Let me, go ahead. Let me go just, ahead. I was going to say no, that was normal. I think that that's normal. But normal. You you talk about ideas, um, and I'm thinking about a lot of the ideas that are going on right now in our society. Because what I'm gonna what I'm gonna suggest is normal is not a society that sets aside one day to celebrate sacrifice and sets aside an entire month to celebrate self-aggrandizement. I agree. And I, I'm going to, I, I, for some reason, that, that is, is a really big word. Well, I mean, we, we are, we, we are settling for a society that caters to ourselves and all of our little neuroses instead of a society that caters to service. And so, there's are good ideas, and I think there are bad ideas. I, I would agree. I, I had a, not an argument, but a debate with a good a friend I know, kind of on Facebook. And basically, what we got down to, there's not necessarily bad people, because everybody can have some good in them, but there are horribly bad ideas, and we have to distinguish between. You know, bad people and bad ideas. And that's amazing what you said because we don't, you know, we look at Memorial Day. You know, the, the federal government almost almost dismissed Memorial Day in favor of all-in celebration of LGBTIA whatever month, you know, and, and it's a tag-along deal, you know, whatever – thing you are get in line you know 
we we got a big tent here and we're going to celebrate ourselves and our what we are or what we say we are for a month and we're going to take one day to talk about the people. Do these people not have any idea of the freedoms? Well, I'll just go back to the thing that, that I saw back when Russia invaded the Ukraine. Somebody took a poll, and among Democrats, self-professed Democrats, the question was posed, if the United States were attacked by a foreign enemy, would you stay and fight or would you flee? 52% of Democrats said, I'm out of here. So this country that you have spent the last several decades basically polluting, crapping on, peeing on, just trying to destroy everything in it that's good and sacred, if it were at all threatened, you'd simply run away. That just is amazing to me. You mean you don't have enough of skin in the game of this world you've created? You don't care? How the hell is that? I think it's the same thing you're saying. All right, we got to jump for this half of the hour. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. We're going out of the segment with the fancy version by Bobby Gentry. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more and of the she's Tom the one that wrote it. It was her song before it was Reba's. Turn we'll be, it up. We'll Turn be up, back honey. in a minute. Killed somebody. There he is. I see him, Drew. That's right. I killed somebody. But you're wrong if you don't see this as a game. Lewis, are you listening, Ed? Damn it, we can get out of this thing without any questions asked. We get connected up with that body and the law. This thing's gonna be hanging over us the rest of our lives. We got to get rid of that guy. Just how are you going to do that, Lewis? Where? Anywhere. Everywhere. Nowhere. How do you know that other guy hasn't already gone for the police? What in the hell is he going to tell him, Drew? What he did to Bobby? Now, why couldn't he go get some other mountain men? Now, why isn't he going to do that? You look around, you, Lewis. He could be out there anywhere watching us right now. We ain't going to be so goddamn hard to follow dragging a corpse. You let me worry about that, Drew. You let me take care of that. You know what's going to be here? Right here, a lake. As far as you can see. Hundreds of feet deep. Hundreds of feet deep. Did you ever look out over a lake? 
Think about something buried underneath it? Buried underneath it? Man, that's about as buried as you can get. Well, I'm telling you, Lewis, I don't want any part of it. Well, you are part of it. It is a matter of the law. The law? <laughs> the law? What law? Where's the law, Drew? You believe in democracy, don't you? Yes, I do. Well, then we'll take a vote. And I'll stand by it. And so will you. What do you say, Bobby? Let's bury him. I don't want this getting around. Okay? Okay? It's up to you, Ed. It's all up to you, Ed. I just think what you're doing, Ed. For God's sake. You've got a wife, you've got a child, you're not involved in this. Think about your family, Ed. This may be the most important decision of your whole life, Ed. Yes! There's no way we can change this. There's no way we can change what happened to Bobby. We gotta do the right thing, Ed. We're gonna have to live with this for the rest of our lives. Right! I'm with Lewis. All right. Let's get on with it then. All right. That's not a normal way we come back to a, a segment. Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show. For this segment, Missy Clifton's sitting in. Here's our host, Tom Dupree. That's yes. the way we usually start. That's right. That's a scene from another movie that was filmed in the summer in the South in a very humid river bottom, the famous movie from 1972 deliverance that, uh, had, uh, the, uh, cast of Burt Reynolds and John Voight and, uh, Ned Beatty and Ronnie Cox. But the thing I wanted to play that for is that this is the scene that occurs after Lewis has shot with an arrow the mountain man that was molesting and going to kill one of the members of their party. And it's the dilemma that these men of, of honor essentially find themselves in as to how they will deal with the situation that has been literally thrust upon them. If they were not men of honor, a world that the writer of this book that became the film, James Dickey, was familiar with, if they had not known the difference between right and wrong, there would have been no argument. Burt Reynolds, Lewis, the pragmatist, Ronnie Cox, 
uh, Drew, the the sort of bleeding heart, the one who, you know, always going to want to do the right thing, Burt Reynolds is going to want to do the pragmatic thing. That's the dilemma. Now, why do I play this? It's because this is a piece of literature that's had a very strong effect on me and my attachment to the woods. It was filmed on the Chattooga River. I've paddled that river a number of times. It's very vivid in my imagination, the whole scenario. And I don't know that there's any easy answer to any question like this. I will say that when you're in the woods and dealing with situations and there's no civilization around, you're sort of left to your own devices and you have to figure things out. Help me out. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, four very different stereotypes, but all very, they're men. I mean, the traditional males, that they are, uh, that they you know, are. they're all Atlanta businessmen of, of some background, right? right. Um, and they're kind of their story of facing the elements, if you will. Which they're not used to. They're not in it all the time. Right. And then, of course, the you know the, having to go through this harrowing event, which I don't think anybody has ever watched this movie and not gone, holy cow, that is just, it just. <laughs> well, it's, it's got a gruesome place. Well, and, and then they, they, have to, they have to go through this moment where um, it's almost though it, that the, the death is one thing, but the bigger piece is the soul searching afterwards. Right. It's what now? What what are we going to do? Well, the now? first death leads to another death, which leads to another. So three people end up dead. Right. So anyway. Well, I think I just think it's uh it's interesting because it remind me um it it has it it was such a powerful movie and I can't even tell you how old I was when I watched it but I remember just think you know it was like it five. was creepy you know you know from, beginning from the banjo you know the, yeah. the kid playing the banjo but there was another movie that reminded me of it in a certain way i remember uh, actually having this conversation with somebody um and interestingly it's uh, jennifer lawrence uh it was one of the first films that she ever made when they when she was discovered it was called winter's bone and yeah it was i've heard of that movie. like 2010 but it's it's basically um it is just it, it has that same, like, you just need to take a shower after you watch it because you have this kind of, you know, yicky. It's in the underworld of the illegal meth labs and the Ozarks, and there is this, there is this you know, rule of the clan, um, and, and they rule above the law. Sure. Um, you know, what, what, and their inner workings are something that is, you know, uh, complicated and... Always nefarious and always nefarious. Yeah, that that's correct. Um, that's funny. Uh, yeah, so I mean, inter- interesting movie. So you were going to link this to something. Well, I, I mean, I was. Uh, <laughs> and I, it's a little she bit has notes. She's a little got notes. bit, a little bit of a segue. I realize, but I've just been laughing at all of the the positive comments on the Top Gun Maverick movie that's just come out. <laughs> Everyone is oh, it's just it's just fabulous. Did you go see it? Haven't seen it yet. Okay. Haven't seen it yet. But you know, I haven't but seen. But you one, know what's in it. Haven't seen one person that has said oh, you know, not worth seeing. It's Said, oh, it made him feel good. That it would—it's something everybody can enjoy because it's about the plot is about as predictable as it can get because it is a celebration of the first movie, which yeah. was a celebration of hardcore masculinity. Right, masculinity. It was, uh, you know, uh, the 
you know, unbridled uh, masculinity. The the men who were you know they're warriors. They directly disobey the the you know, to, you know the, the higher ups to do the heroic and selfless deed that you know sure. wins the girl and you know blah blah blah. It's 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 kind of all those things that we we in. In a, in a strange way, think makes America great. You know, sure. it's the it's the renegade, the person that stands right. up. You know, okay. Um, and I just think it's funny because you know this is this is it's it's a sad situation when what we have today is more about diversity and inclusion sure. and less about combat training and military readiness. You're talking about it in the military now. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, the um, US Na- there's a U.S. Navy spokesman um, on all the things I was reading about the Top Gun Maverick. They are quick to point out that they, you know, that although they allowed the production to use the planes and the aircraft carriers and military bases, that, you know, that none of their Top Gun pilots would be ever be so cocky rule benders or anything like that. So it was funny. Did that, they really do that? Uh-huh. There's all kinds of disclaimers from the from the Navy about about the movie. So, you know, as I said, you know that in in reality, that masculinity I don't believe exists anymore um, to a certain degree. And so I the- I was curious about that. So what I did was start looking at some of the things that have changed in the U.S. Navy, and would sure. welcome anybody that was in that's in service now to you know I mean let us know if this is wrong, right? Right. Um, shortly after coming into office, Biden reversed his policy on transgender troops. It, that that actually made the news. It was it was, but it it obviously didn't stick around long. We've been that, that's been buried under so many other things that have gone on, right? right? Um, he opened. He actually opened up the door for them not only to serve openly, but also to get all of the the um, monetary advantages from from your taxpaying dollars to have surgical transitioning. Wow! So, um, and so if you want a free clip. Jo- join the join the military join the military and they'll do the deal for you. And and then uh, along Believe with that. that changing their standards of physical fitness kind of now it's a if this then that so the philosophy means is that they they basically are they want to ensure parity in their pass rates between groups so if you're a girl wanting to be a boy or a boy wanting to be a girl but you're a soldier and so let's let's be specific so in other words and you can you can look this up i have actually have the links so if you are a 18-year-old woman trying to pass, just 18-year-old woman, identify a woman, you are a woman, you are a transgender woman, you're a woman. Let's just say you're a woman. I know we're laughing back to the what is a woman, but if you're an 18-year-old biological woman but messy. trying to pass. What is a woman? Yeah, okay. Trying to pass the sprint, drag, and carry test, you get a maximum of three minutes and 15 seconds, whereas an 18-year-old man gets two minutes and 28 seconds to pass. That's actually just updated like in March. So that's what I think is funny is they, so are they actually defining what a woman is? So if you are a woman in the chart, these are the charts that the U.S. Navy puts out. It says woman, 18 years old. You know, it's funny. I'm going to put something in, in here. I would bet you that our congressman doesn't even know this. The thing that I've been interested in is that even our conservatives, our Republicans or whatever, they are force-fed. They get 
their information from government sources. They don't read the stuff you read that's got the true stuff in. They're not on some Substack thing. Somebody like Thomas Massey probably is. Somebody like Rand Paul is. But the most of them are given this stuff that's probably sifted through by the RNC, and they're given talking points because the truth is if you gave them too much information, it would confuse them. So they don't even know what they're voting on most of the time. That's the part that's going to have to change if the Republicans flip the House because they don't even have good information. They don't do the research you do. Sorry. I just had to no, put no, that in. No, I, I mean, that's a fact. I know that to be the truth. I, I just, I don't want our safety sacrificed on the, on the, well, you better make sure the, the right people figure out. You better, you better inclusion. go to Washington, D.C. and get your butt up in front of Congress and testify you know, because that's the only way they're going to know about it. Remember, I'll pay for the trip. I remember a guy I knew, you know, graduated from the Air Force Academy and he wanted to be a, he wanted to be a flight, he wanted to be a, um, a, a you know, he wanted to be a jet flight pilot. Is that right? Is that am I saying that right? Commercial fighter, no fighter pilot, fighter pilot, and his eyesight wasn't good enough. I don't care if he was black, green, yellow, blue. He his eyesight wasn't good enough. He was taken out. He had to, he had to find another career that he could do. I, what what's wrong with? Didn't it used to be? What, is it Men in Black, the best of the best of the best? Yeah. Is it is it wrong to want the best of the best of the best? My question is, you know, that you have these wrecks and people get killed. How much of it was simply operator error? Because in the military, the people just aren't being trained to operate the machinery that they're operating nowadays. You know, if you're letting everybody and his brother in for reasons other than merit, you're going to have some really bad screw ups. But it looks like it's happening in Russia also because the Ukrainians are kicking their ass with basically civilians. I mean, so, you know, what is the, here's my next question. What is a soldier? <laughs> Not just what is a woman, you know what women have been fighting in the Israeli army for years and they say they're meaner than the men. I mean, so, you know, maybe we, these transgender people, they might have enough of a, of a chip on their shoulder. They'll just go in and start beheading people. I, I don't know what, you know, I, as, as you say, I know not. I know. So, not. Well, I know not. Well, and the, you know, the, when I was looking at like, for instance, the, the type of, of physical testing that the recruits have to do that have to pass. Right. Yeah. You know, so, so what, what is the, what is the, what is, why is the sprint drag and carry pertinent? Right. Well, you know, because okay. you're trying to bring a wounded soldier, you know, sir, a wounded soldier, you know, your 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 fellow you, you have to get strong them. here before you can get strong here. It, and it reminds I mean, you, me, you cannot get in shape unless your brain is ready. Yeah. So you're pointing at your head. Nobody knows that, but you're right, brain. Well, yes. and I completely agree. There's where there's a will, there's a way for some people. And you find somebody that is incredibly willful, you put them in a stressful situation, and they will figure out a way out. You but put, there are, go ahead. You put somebody in that has a lot of brawn, but not the mental toughness, and I bet the weaker person could outdo them. I got to do a plug for one of my, my oldest daughters. I'll, she's she's in her 30s, and I'm sure she wouldn't mind me telling this story. So she's but your she, oldest daughter, not oldest one daughter. of your oldest. Yeah, well, yeah my oldest, oldest daughter. Oldest of three. Yes. Yeah. And she was a lifeguard for the city pools in Lexington one summer. And they put her, it doesn't matter where they put her, um, 
<laughs> but it, it, it was an, it, it was an interesting population. One one with a police uh, uh, there was a, a police that was stationed out a police at, presence at, always, and that was just was the situation. But funny for the um, and this is bad. This is gosh, this has been almost twenty years ago. She in, interestingly, she was always the one that was in the in the seat when the city would bring the biggest, biggest, biggest dude, your size dude, and throw him in the pool, and she was always the one that had to pull him out. Now, she's like 5'2", and weighed about 115 pounds. Why would they throw him in there, and she had to it pull just, him? Uh, it was just to test readiness for the, the, the lifeguards. And she had to pull him out. Always had to pull him out. She always had to rescue him. It, so, We're talking so, about ten words, foot, ten foot deep water. We're talking about water that you can't stand up. Oh, you can't stand. No, no, you can't stand up. No, she, they would jump into the deep end. Pretend, you know, go go into the. Would he be fighting her? Uh, he could. That I don't think they were. They they weren't that mean. To, they'd yeah. run off every sixteen year old off of the job. Sure. But she would have to it's go like in. Like pulling a big log him. out. Right. She would have to. You know, uh, put him in, sir, and you know, grab him, and then you know, pull him out. It always was her. It almost got to be the. You know, it was funny. But the interesting thing was is that she always. You know, she always did a great job. She always man. She knew what to do. She would she just drag him to the shallow end, exactly. or would she have to yeah. get him no, out? No, she she took him to the shallow end, and then of course you know you, you were able to uh, whatever. I forgot what the protocol was, yeah. but it, it that happened you know more more than one. I know it happened. I think I know it happened twice during one one you know one little summer for her. So right, I'm surprised that she she stuck with it. But um, I don't know. I I, I wanted to bring up the the Top Gun Maverick thing because you were talking about the deliverance, and we were we were having a discussion about you know the the whole celebration of the traditional role of male um you know and that and not to use the deliverance movie as one of those but you know th- that's what they were doing they were out there do you know testing themselves in the elements on their you know on their guy trip if you will well i mean there's a there's another place in that movie where lewis burt reynolds uh is talking to ed uh john voigt about the um you know, he says machines are going to fail, and then the those who can survive will survive. And Ed is sort of apologizing for the, the modern world or the system, as he calls it, and saying, well, the system's done all right by me. And he's saying, Lewis, you can't wait for it to fail. But Lewis asked him that question, why do you go on these trips with me, Ed? And And then finally Ed says, I'm not sure. <laughs> and and so you know your late father-in-law uh really had a great experience in the mountains of north carolina he didn't live long enough in my opinion but he had the chance to get out with his one of his sons and go backpacking and i've never seen a guy look so happy as as Matt Clifton did at that time, and uh, you know he was he just thoroughly enjoyed himself. He loved being outside. He was all right, a, Tom. Tom's in control of the music. Hit the music, please. We're gonna do dueling banjos. We're going uh, out with dueling banjos from Deliverance. Kid, but he sure does play a mean banjo. You've been listening to the Tom that Dupree Show is- with Missy Clifton sitting in. We'll be back in just a few minutes with our financial guys to cover what's going on in the market this week. We hope you'll stay tuned. Did you have something else you want to say? Ten seconds. The kid was named Billy Redden. All right. Here he goes. Enjoy. We'll be back in just a few minutes.
think we're going to get to the dueling part. <laughs>